Hello and welcome to the award-nominated must-see matches. I am Kieran Lefort and joining me as always, the man behind must-see matches, uh, the equally award-nominated Mark Buckledy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, I've done a lot of gardening this weekend. Uh, removed a stupid amount of honeysuckle. Why are you removing it? That's the best smelling plant in the world. Send it to me. <laughs> because it took up way too much space and there was plants that we didn't know existed because the honeysuckle was covering it. All right. Um, I must say it's not the the uh, gardening chat that is award nominated. Uh, we have been nominated in the sports section of the uh, British Independent Podcasting Awards. So I would I think it would be hilarious if we won over the golf show and the football show and the rugby show and the hiking and camping show, um, all that cover real actual sports and physical activities and if the fake wrestling people beat them in the sports category i would be so happy <laughs> there is an award ceremony at the end of the month i'm going to show my face at and uh we'll see what happens uh could be fun could just be nothing but it's nice to be noticed oh yeah today we are talking about the match with the smallest crowd on our uh, 104 list uh, this is Volta versus Ilya Dragunov from NXT UK episode 116, I think. Uh, I haven't actually written that in my notes. Uh, October 29th, 2020 in the BT Sports Studio for the NXT UK title in front of nobody. <laughs> this is COVID era wrestling. This is no one is allowed to go and watch the wrestling. And we thought this match was so big, we needed two returning guests. First of all, our uh, Volta analogue, uh, the man with the biggest hands this side of the barrier when it comes to British wrestling. Andy Ogden is back. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing well, Kieran. Um, you brought on NXT UK's one of only two fans. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I, I, we'll I, get to that in a bit. <laughs> I, I'm, sort of, I'm sort of an, a historian on this uh, yes. subject. <laughs> and rounding out the crew, our sympathetic baby face, Eddie Sideburns is back. Eddie, how are you? I'm doing not bad. Thank you for having me. I think it's just Andy Ogden and Di Owen are the only two people who have any record or talking about NXT UK because <laughs> they're the only two who ever tweeted about it or watched it. So Yeah, I think uh, Ian Hamilton was kind of yeah. bringing up the rear, another form, yeah. former yeah. guest here. He was keeping track. Um, so, yeah, um, I think, Andy, this kind of falls to you uh, as you were one of, as we've established, three people watching this show. Uh, yeah. Volta and Ilya kind of have a history across Europe, like uh, basically doing this same match. But what was the, the build to this specific one? Yeah, so um, generally they, um, you know, faced each other in um, WXW. I was there for uh, Jesus match. He's done freeway dance uh, with bad bones <laughs> at um, that carrot weekend five-star match um so generally the build-up for this one so with walter he, he won the title against pete dunn uh, at mm -hmm. that nxt takeover in america and it, it's title defense it'd be like once every two to three months okay so he, he wasn't like um you know a defending champion every week no he's kind of like a special attraction Yes, he was very mm. much treated like a special attraction. So um, they did have many a number one contender like Battle Royal or, you know, involving jo the, the usual suspects of that era. So it was like mm. Joe Coffey and mm. 
say Ashton Smith were in there, Dave Mastiff, for instance. Um, so Ilya Dragunov actually won a 20-man battle royal um, mm -hmm. to get the number one contendership. And I think it's mentioned on the um, commentary um, in the match we get into. Um, it happened seven months beforehand. So <laughs> because of like... Yeah. So because of COVID, mm. uh, this match, you know, got, got delayed. I think mm. around when you know, COVID came, they were going to do that NXT, like, Dublin takeover, where it was going to be That's Finn right. Balor yeah. and Walter. Yeah, the brilliantly named NXT UK Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they were going to do that, but, yeah, Ilya won the uh, number one contendership mm. seven months beforehand, uh, and eventually when they could go back to uh, BT Sports Studios for our brand in Enfield, um the well set set up this match so before like a week or two before they had a tag team match it was Ilya and the then Pete Dunn now Butch facing off against Walter and um, Axel Tisha or Alexander Wolf he would have been I think called at that stage and it ended up with Ilya um, beating Walter uh, pinning him for the first time in NXT UK history um, because before that, Walter had just been battering, battering everyone. Mm. It's like proper dominant champion. Um, I would say, you know, with having his title defences like spread out, it just made made him feel like a special champion, even though it's a special champion for a show only about three people are watching. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so it then sets up Ilya versus Walter in, a, in an empty arena. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just to, to quickly like properly put the MG Arena in context. Like we said, this is COVID times. Movement in the UK was restricted via some convoluted three tier system. Um, you still weren't allowed to have gatherings of more than six people. And one week after this match aired, the entire country went back into full lockdown. Um, Andy obviously watched this as it went out live. Um, dedicated as he was to NXT UK on TV. I remember seeing this around the time. Um, Eddie, had you seen this before? I'd seen it um, from when I think I was just, I kind of got away from wrestling and then I kind of got back into it and asked people for matches that they'd kind of really enjoyed and stuff like that. Mm. And this one got mentioned and I'd heard kind of at the time the uh, the the kind of praise it was getting because it was very different from what WWE normally would do in terms of that. Um, I remember watching it for the first time that time and I thought it was incredible. Um, mm. It was one of the best WWE matches I think I've watched in, in quite a while and, and that's probably because it was very much not a WWE style match, more so yeah. kind of a as their matches would be on the independent scene. Um, mm. It just kind of had the WWE kind of touches to it, which you know, I thought it was quite good. Nice, mm. You know, it was very interesting. Um, very violent, very brittle, um, but very different <laughs> towards um, anything else that had been on uh, WWE. Yeah. Mark, did, had you seen it before it popped up on this list? No, I hadn't actually. Oh. Um, yeah, I'd gone to an NXT UK taping, which was in Birmingham. Right. And uh, oh, the, I, was, I was at that one, the Rhea Ripley one. Yeah, the one where the crowd chanted, you deserve it to Rhea Ripley because she won a tournament when she'd never wrestled in the fucking company before. 
that's that same show where me me and me and Jeff did the uh, Manamana chant to um, the Kolsakai. I, I I I did like the setup because I watched multiple matches sat at a picnic table uh, because I have yeah. picnic tables near. The uh, seating area. Oh, so is could... that the one that had a whole, like shitload of like plastic garden furniture in the first like three rows? No, I don't. No, I think no, that I was think Norwich. Yeah. Right. Norwich one, I can yeah. I can never remember which one it was. Yeah. No, this was it was in like the NIA, wasn't it? So it was one of the many NIA NEC. I always get them confused. The, the it's big one outside. Program once, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, as part of that gaming convention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, Mark, we have covered a Volta match on this show before. Uh, yep. Did he get any other nominations? And how about Ilya? This is the first time we're looking at him. Uh, Walter had 22 nominations, which is what? more than the likes of Tanahashi and Okada. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> now, that might partly be skewed, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, Why? Was he writing in for himself? <laughs> no. But there was someone whose list was predominantly WXW and British Indie, which Felix. is why Ilya Dragunov got 16 matches nominated and 14 were nominated by this one person. <laughs> Do you remember last week when I said that um, Tanahashi and Okada was the combination that had the most uh, matches nominated? Yes. It wasn't. This is... <laughs> Six, <laughs> six Walter versus Ilya matches were nominated. And again, it's kind of, I I get it. It's the nature of any list that takes anyone's perspective. Even if yeah. you've got thousands of votes, there's still a skewing element. It's like that person that nominated nothing but CCW. Yeah. Yeah. People are always going to vote to their personal preferences. Like yeah. That's the whole point of this list, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, we won't be talking about Walter or Ilya again. Uh, and only one other NXT UK match was nominated, which was the Walter versus Tyler Bate match from NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, which was the right. show that happened on the same day as the first Royal Quest. Right. I remember that. So just quickly for anyone who hasn't seen it, we have mentioned the BT Sports Studio, and this takes place in a big, shiny, state-of-the-art TV studio with the lights all turned down in front of insanely high-quality cameras, and two-thirds two of the big LED screen is Zoom-slash-Skype videos of people who've bought a virtual ticket to watch online from home. Uh, the version Mark and I watch starts pretty much at the bell, so we get no Symphony Number no. 9 and no whatever Ilya's theme is. Um, I had forgotten about the fake crowd noise they've put over the top. I'd forgotten that was even a thing in COVID-era wrestling. Yeah, it was like golf claps and what have you. You know, like <laughs> once someone had done a kick, it was like... Yeah, yeah very polite. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ilya just charges in straight away and they swing wildly and club at each other. Uh, Dragunov escapes a power bomb, hits a senton off the top, goes for Torpedo Moscow, which is like, it's, 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 uh, it's E Honda's like running, flying headbutt from Street Fighter, isn't it really? Yeah. Just with a smaller bloke. <laughs> uh, he gets caught in a sleeper suplex though. Looks brutal. Um, something to take as read as we're going along. Any big moves that get mentioned are merely punctuation marks to sentences of relentless, hard chops, kicks, 
punches, knees, flying both ways at all times. <clears throat> I'm going to say it once for effect. He fucking killed him. You could say that after every move and every strike in this match. Yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievably violent for just two men in trunks. This is the first match that I've ever noticed someone having significant purple welts on the back of their yeah. neck, yeah. their shoulder blades. Yeah. It was just horrific. You know how in cartoons, two characters will get in a fight and so they don't have to actually animate it. It will just appear as like a cloud of dust and action yeah. lines with occasional fists and feet popping out <laughs> the sides. There's yeah. bits of this where this is the wrestling match version of that. <laughs> it, it's not exactly t- tummy tickles, is it? No. <laughs> no. It's not. See, the moment, any t- so there's a moment where he just boots him in the back and it's just like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so... As we mentioned, they tried to, they tried to kill each other barehanded, uh, and then Volta thinks, well, his hands aren't working, so he throws Ilya throat first into the middle and bottom <laughs> ropes to see if that works. That also doesn't. It was at this point we're about three minutes in, and I noticed they've turned the crowd screens off. I guess someone realised they couldn't have pictures of children on screen alongside this unrepentant <laughs> violence. <laughs> Would um, somebody please think of the children? Exactly. <laughs> um, this match isn't just violence, though. It does have a story, and the story from here on out is Dragunov's neck, and yeah. Volta is just going after it. He hits it. He stretches it out. Um, the pain prevents Dragunov lifting him for a suplex, although I'd imagine Volta being fucking massive would also put the brakes on that a bit. There was a lovely moment here where Walter gets a cover just by holding Ilya down by his jaw. Yes. And it's yeah. a really small yeah. one, but I just love which works because of the neck injury and because of the size differential. I think the commentary as well, where they're talking about that the work of the neck is to stop the torpedo Moscow is quite yeah. you know, it's quite it's quite good to kind of tell that mm. story as well and why he's doing it. There are two moments in a row that made me wince. So Ilya blocks a sleeper and manages to grab a knuckle lock and hit some slaps, and the slap that Walter snuffs him out with was like someone sp- biking a volleyball he might as well have just hit him with a frying pan <laughs> jesus well if we remember as well with uh with walter this is when he's at least 100 pounds heavier than he is now as gunter yeah it's a different fella mm. uh, volta and gunter are very different wrestlers yeah the slaps and the cho- chops just come across like shotgun noises mm. at certain points yeah, yeah just- so that's what, so this because this is like a big empty tv studio everything is just reverberating off the walls in yeah. a way that would be absorbed by people if there were people there the second moment was volta then knuckle locks both hands forcing Ilya back into a bridge and just jumping stomps on his throat oh, my yeah. breakfast nearly came back Fucking hell. Um, so, uh, Volta bends Ilya back, was over the turnbuckle, and again, like, massive chop, uh, follows up by climbing up and just standing on his throat, pushing him over the turnbuckles. Mm. Uh, Ilya, you talk about the back mark. Ilya's chest looks like corned beef as he fights yeah. his way back into the ring from the floor. Um, he manages to ca- catch the champion backwards over the top rope and gave him what I call 10 beats of the Austrian, uh, doing like the shameless thing over the ropes. Mm. Uh, he weathers a big boot as he climbs back in and hits a desperation German suplex. He takes a lariat to the back of the neck, 
like almost yeah. every move in this match made me want to throw up. Uh, but gets a second German suplex. They trade some slaps, and this is where you can finally see that Dragonov is making headway. There's one mm. slap here where Volta's knees go, and like a big gob of spit comes out of his mouth. It's yeah. like in Mark will appreciate this reference. It's like in Hajime no Ippo when a gum shield comes out. Like yep. you know that's a moment someone is getting knocked out or they're in trouble. Mm. This was that moment for this match. Um, so Volta is finally staggered and Ilya connects with a third German suplex uh, Dragunov pours it on with like a leaping kick and gets chopped for it but for the first time he doesn't go down I just saw the face Eddie made it is yeah it's a hard chop but the point is he stays on his feet mm. he like kind of matrixes backwards mm. a bit and puts his hand down and pushes himself back up to stay in the fight all of this is like the turning point moment where the baby yeah. face is finally getting something. I think one thing you can say about Ilya is is selling and just like manner, mannerisms. I always mm. think of him like, you know, um, a champion, like, you know, a gurner just having a tie yeah. around his head. He's got proper, <laughs> you know, like, express, expressive features, like just looking like he's in pain. I'm and, sure he'll thank you for saying that. <laughs> but I think even still to this day on, on NXT, he's doing the same thing. He's so good at emoting mm. to the audience. And mm. I think that, that that's maybe why Shawn Michaels likes him. It's like, oh, yeah. I love that, love that drama. And also, while this is going on, they are being quite vocal. Uh, now, my German yeah. is non-existent, so I don't know whether what they're saying is actually NXT cringe levels or not, but there's constant expression and there's... Con Ilya is very good at showing intensity and showing fight and showing desire yeah. to fight through the pain. I think as well the fact that they're shouting at each other consistently through it and they're like clearly aiming stuff at each other like you know like I think Walter's trying to obviously tell him to give up you'll never beat me and stuff like mm -hmm. that and yeah, it's not as cringeworthy, thankfully, but it does kind of add a lot more of a, you know, kind of appeal to kind of, okay, these guys are trying to fight each other. They've obviously known each other for quite some time. Yeah. I think there's a moment where they talk about, like, how Walter created Ilya and now Walter's trying to destroy Ilya mm. and stuff like that. So it's. Yeah. I did think it'd be really funny if the German they were yelling at each other was just the next spot. <laughs> and it reminded me of a story I heard Jackie Chan tell about the first Rush Hour film. So they're going through they're going through this fight scene and uh, they finish off and Brett Ratner, the director, is like, oh, it's great. Like, even the noises are great. We'll leave that in. And Jackie's like, you can't. We're counting in Chinese. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ilya hits a crotch lift suplex that I don't think Volta helped him with at all. <laughs> oh, the, the, the head lift German suplex. Pardon? Did he grab him by the dickhead? I think Nigel said, oh, it's a got-style suplex. <laughs> oh, God. He started yelling about classic oh, Japanese yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Jumbo Saruta. Yeah, he, he pronounced Giant Bubba like it's a big bloke who cuts hair for a living. <laughs> giant Barber. <laughs> Probably fought the elephant from BBC One back in the day. <laughs> I caught him doing it on AEW as well. He says Prince Nana like it's a fruit. <laughs> or like you proper Nana. <laughs> Wanna see some magic? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, this this to me is this wasn't Japanese at all. This is classic European wrestling. This is catch. And like it really gives yeah. away that he was a, a Brit who started wrestling in America. Yeah. And like all his influence is American and he doesn't really although he's been portrayed as like this great British wrestler, 
I don't think he properly understands wrestling outside of America. It's when, it's when as well, that you know, like during the um, Global Heritage Cup matches, the British Rounds match, he did always come out with shades of Jackie Pello and uh, Steve Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, it's like, come on! You're just naming Jim Smallman's favourite wrestlers, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ilya finally has Volta down, and Volta's having to cover up. Mm. Uh, but he fights back, including another move that made me feel sick—a forearm to the back of the head that basically sounds like a gunshot. And I rewound it several times, looking for the thigh slap, and there isn't one. He just <laughs> fucking hit him. <laughs> There is a great battle with Volta trying to get the sleeper or the sleeper suplex, but Ilya keeps fighting out of it. Mm. And eventually, Ilya gets the ropes, but Volta does the thing where he slaps the arms away and goes for it again. And Ilya slips behind him into an O'Connor roll that he turns into a European clutch. And at the count of two, Volta grabs his head, cranks his neck, and pulls him down into the sleeper. Mm. But Ilya is ready for that and rolls backwards to hold Volta's shoulders down and he's forced to release the hold or get pinned. This was beautiful. This was just lovely, lovely wrestling. So they fire lariats back and forth. Uh, Ilya hits a very silly tiger faint into a lariat that looked like there was an edit in the middle of it. Oh, the dizzy Nigel lariat where it looks <laughs> like he's trying to do the Nigel but basically have one too many beforehand. <laughs> Regardless, he fucking belts Volta with it and just kind of falls on him for a near fall. Uh, there is a spot of blood on the side of Volta's head. No idea where that came from. <laughs> You know, you notice sort of later on in the match that Ilya's um, he's sort of like busted from his lip or his nose. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you can see, um, you can see the ref's got the the gloves on, obviously. So. Well, by the end of the match, he looks like a goldfish with lipstick. <laughs> uh, so Ilya goes for torpedo Moscow again. Uh, Volta just slaps him out of the air. Yeah, um, swats him like mm, a fly. Sorry, yeah. he just swats like. I do think that Ilya would have had had more luck if he hadn't done his full loud on Bersig bar pose in an empty room where his opponent could clearly hear him. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Volta has Ilya by the wrist, tries more chop murder, uh, but Dragunov keeps firing back until he walks into a lariat that could kill a hippo and a folding powerbomb for a two count. Did you see how this kickout was? Because it's fantastic. Go on. The kickout happens because uh, so Walter's doing the, the bridge where he's got his arms down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Kawada powerbomb lean. Ilya kicks Walter's arm away so Walter's oh. off balance. So I he actually boots the arm away and that's fantastic. Hmm. Uh, Volta, it seems, doesn't give a shit about waiting for the TV replay to finish and just runs him over with yep. a second lariat. Uh, again, Ilya kicks out. Uh, they yell at each other in German while fighting on the mat. Uh, and when Volta has his regular sleeper blocked, he uh, tries for a dragon sleeper instead. This is the bit that Eddie was talking about earlier. Uh, Dragonov continually fights off the sleeper, so Volta just bends him backwards and penalty kicks his spine. <laughs> I've seen him do that to other people as well. It's so just ridiculously violent. He does it in the beginning of the he kind of just penalty kicks him in the back and it's like painful. Yeah. But in this one again, it looks like he's trying to it almost like swipes his head off and I'm like, oh Yeah. They end up facing each other with their arms tangled together. So Volta just attacks with his shoulder and collarbone. Mm. Uh Dragonov drops him to a knee with headbutts and just batters him down to the mat as Nigel uncorks some sub GCSE German. <laughs> 
Mein Kuli ist kaputt. I've had to listen to that man try and speak English, Spanish, German and Japanese this week and none of them have gone particularly well. Uh, Dragunov gets a very close near fall with a long top rope drop kick. Like, it's almost a Van Terminator. He flies so far. Um, in between more heinous chops and Nigel screaming about in- immigrant dreams, uh, Dragunov hits a kind of T-blown suplex, fails to champ again with more strikes, and connects with Torpedo Moscow to the back of the head. I thought they banned this kind of stuff. I didn't think you were allowed to do those kind of crazy headbutts. Uh, he goes for a regular one, but the pain in the neck is too much. Mm. Uh, and instead, he clatters into Volta with a running knee. He takes a bump like someone puts the puts a stick through the front wheel of his bike, and he's the guy yeah. giving the move. I've never seen someone give a running knee and take a back body drop at the same damn time. Yeah, yeah. It's like he did it on a park bench, you know, and <laughs> just went over it. Volta is forced to head to the floor under the bottom rope to escape hammer and anvil elbows, but once he's out there, he strikes with a sleeper suplex on the floor, uh, kicks Ilya hard back into the steps and power bombs him on the apron. They go back inside. He hits another power bomb, uh, a very Stan Hansen-esque top rope splash, uh, but Ilya still refuses to be pinned, and Volta just resorts to climbing on top of him, raining down slaps and punches, and then turns him over and puts the sleeper on, and Ilya can't answer the count, and it's all over. I then creased up laughing as after all that violence, they pipe in light applause like Volta's just scored an easy putt on the ninth hole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, as the regular watcher, I'm going to go with you, Andy. What do you think about this match? Does this qualify as a must-see match for you? When I first watched it, which was live at 8pm on the WWE Network (laughs) at this time, um... I found it strange, to be honest, um, hmm. you know, because of the empty setting and it, it, it obviously made made the sounds of the chops and the kicks come across like excellently. Hmm. But you're also hmm. battling with Andy Shepard and Nigel on commentary. You yeah. really are. Oh, yeah. God. They, they do this every week where it, it must, I think it's the, it was the NXT style of commentary, you know, Mauro Ranallo, but he yeah. ruined it all way. They're going to like talking 100 mile an hour with five minutes to go, like and shouting. It just, mm. I thought it was off putting when I first watched it. Um, looking back at it now, I don't think they get in their way as much mm. on commentary. It's maybe because I'm more used to it or I've not heard it in a long while. Yeah, do you think um, you maybe like you know it's coming, you know what to expect, and you're just concentrating on the match rather than listening to them as well? Yes, I, I would say that. Um, one thing I'd, I'd definitely say about the match is just relentless violence, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Walter's just this hulking man. Just He's just a bear, isn't he? Just yeah. trying to pour away at this. Yeah. That, that won't go away, which is ill, yeah. He's from the Vader school of shaved bears who have been shown wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ilya, as I said before, is just like great at selling and just playing the uh, baby face in peril, mm. trying to fend off the big monster. Um, it's definitely a must-see match. Um, yeah. it's, I think I think my initial conclusion, like the first time, was like, oh, it might have needed a bit of a crowd, that. Uh, but, yeah, I, c- I can see now why, you know, everyone raved about it five mm. stars. And you think it, they made it, it work just, without a crowd? 
Yeah, yeah, mm. which is a it's a hard thing to do as you know, a lot of pandemic wrestling was awful to watch. It's just yeah. weird. How about you, Eddie? There's a quote from the commentary that says, and I, I laughed, but it kind of it's kind of quite true as what is. This is fast. This is furious. This is brutal. Um, which immediately when I saw Fast and Furious, I just thought of Vin Diesel. Don't you know? Obviously, as you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it is musty. I think it kind of adjusting because of obviously the environment it's in mm. and what that company's aim is towards wrestling. Mm. Um, so I can kind of understand why people maybe were a little bit kind of trepid about it, but going into it, yeah, it, it, it's a must-see match. They, they, they met, they mesh together so well. They, I think they've known each other long enough that they're kind of yeah. comfortable with putting each other through that kind of thing. You know, the commentary, yeah, there, there's problems with commentary, but you know, it, it, these guys have obviously been doing it for quite a while with each other, and it's kind of the style they're going for. Um. But yeah, that moment of Ilya's lifeless face um, when Walter's putting him to sleep mm. um, will live with me for quite a while. Um, <laughs> you do, because it, it is a bit stand by me, hey, want to see a dead body, isn't it? Like, yeah. You're not entirely sure if he's unconscious or actually dead. No, and there's so many moments where you watch and you think, he's just utterly murdered him, like mm. swatting him like a fly out of the air, almost trying to kick his head off. Mm. Um the mo there's just yeah the amount of the the chops just kind of and obviously reverberating around the arena because it's an empty arena i think the empty arena as well works well with it mm -hmm. i think if you had mm -hmm. that in front of a crowd you know and, and i know they did have it in front of a crowd and i think it was the rematch was in the community the, the classic wrestling wherever the nxt venue is called at the moment oh yeah 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 capital wrestling um, center capital wrestling center i mean i've not seen that i imagine you know they're you know probably the loudness kind of takes a little bit out of it mm. but you know it was one of those matches like um oh what was that one where it was um fujita and, and shiazaki and stuff like that those matches worked in this kind mm. of environment and were really good for that kind of time so yeah i, I yeah. heavily say it's a must-see mm. match except this one didn't have a 30 minute stare off no, but I mean, <laughs> imagine if WWE just did that and went, you're just going to stare at each other for 10 minutes. I mean, you did that with Bray Wyatt being the top five Bray Wyatt matches. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, go on, what you got? I think in context, this is fascinating because I think hands down, most people remember this as being the best match of the no crowd pandemic era. Mm. And it's because it played to the wrestler's strengths and mm. the wrestler's strengths worked in this environment with no fans uh, because of the the striking, because of the selling from Ilya being so good and so visual, because they knew how to work each other. And th this is not just an intensity match. The I mean, the intensity is up there with the hardest hitting matches that mm. we've covered on the list. But the details in here, like things like Ilya pushing away the arm to uh, get out of a pin, like mm. holding Ilya down by the jaw. Um, I've mentioned a few times my uh, love and hate of the Chuckle Brothers strike exchanges, the to me, to you, yes. to me, to you stuff. Um, and they did not do it here. They no. they teased it because the whole story was Ilya is struggling because if Ilya gets in one strike, Walter's come back with a bigger one and taken him down. Mm. And as Walter gets, uh, sorry, as Ilya gets back into it, He's chaining strikes because he knows that water hits harder. But if I just keep going, that's what's going to get me through this. 
So yeah. it's an incredibly well-structured match. It's, you know, really good. The only thing for me was I found it a little bit of a struggle because it was so intense. Like the other intense matches on this list are all sub-15 minutes. Like Shibata yes. versus Ishii, like uh, Nakano versus Funaki, like Ikeda versus Ishikawa. They're all sub-15. Yeah, this one's 25 minutes long. Especially on my second rewatch, I was like, mm. oh, this is really good, but this has got 10 more minutes to go, and it mm. kind of took me out of it. I'm not sure if I call it must-see, but it's a perfect encapsulation of what worked in this environment, and it's a good yeah. example of why does this work when so much of other things didn't? Yeah, I was going to ask, can anybody think of anything better than this from COVID-era wrestling? I mean, I know like DDT, AEW and uh, Shingo Takagi in New Japan in particular tried very hard, but I can't think of anything better from the no crowd era. I found this utterly absorbing. It's, it's not going to be Edge Randy Orton from that WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, I was reminded hell. of that match the other day and I was like, Jesus Christ, I sat through all of that. Oh, do you remember uh, Money in the Bank when they basically did like a, a, yeah, a on one a and a half hour skit all the way up oh, to the that's where they killed Rey Mysterio, wasn't it? Yeah, and then he came back a week later. <laughs> I, I think I'm just still going to stand behind um, and I'll die on this to help because it was one of the first matches. I was like, I was done wrestling during the pandemic and then someone told me uh, Go Shiyazaki and Kazuki Fujita <laughs> stare at each other for four minutes and then have a wrestling match. I was like, that's fine, sold. Um, genuinely, when they get to the wrestling part of it, it's quite good, but um no i can't really think of much more other it's than way i think up it's there. yeah it's way up there i think if ever proof be needed that wwe corporate had no idea what was going on in enfield this yeah. is it in normal times there yeah. is no way this makes wwe tv um that said there was a match i nominated uh the pete dunn versus tyler Bate from chicago takeover and they went from maybe 200 yeah. people knowing who they were to having 13,000 people screaming for them and giving them their third standing ovation. I think in front of that, in that, put in that same environment, this match could have done the same thing. And I think there not being any fans there amplifies the intensity because you're not getting, oh, from the crowd with every, yeah. you're just getting the raw sound of the move. And then it's reverberation coming back at you off those big flat walls. Um, that yeah, the lack of people makes it more intense. Yeah, and I think it's as I said that just idea of I said when we were mentioning the sounds reverberating and mm. stuff like that, and as I said, it's not you know a, stup a stupid chant hasn't taken over it. Yeah, um, and it hasn't felt like that. Um, no, there's no but, idiot and his brother trying to sing along to songs and. <laughs> no, but I tell you what would have worked well at some points if there had been some big shoes that had been smacking off that uh, BT uh, floor. Uh, that that, that oh, would have yeah. definitely came in handy, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think this is a match where if it happened in a, an, a, this exact match in a normal time with a normal crowd with the reacting normally... I don't think this would get as many nominations. I don't no. think it would stand out as much. I'm not saying it wouldn't be as yeah. good, but I think there is that unique factor to this environment that makes it stand out more. I, th I think, and I think that's why a lot of people call this must see. Yeah, I 
likened it before to like European catch. Like this is this is Regal and Finley beating the shit out of each other in a tent in Bremen. Um, you, Mark, you brought up the other matches. It reminded me of the ones we've covered: uh, Ishikawa versus Ikeda, all the way back on episode nine, and uh, the Masakatsu Funaki versus Tatsu Nakano shoot style match on episode sixteen. But as mm. you said, there's an extra ten minutes of this. Um, all the issues I have with this are audio related. Much like you, Andy, I didn't care for the commentary or the post-production audio. I mentioned how stupid I thought Ilya was for doing his big yell in an empty room where his opponent can completely and obviously hear him. None of it, however, takes away from the action and, in fact, the story. Like, Mm. there is a story here. This is the mountain climber who is almost at the top of the mountain and runs out of oxygen. Like, this is the underdog versus his giant nemesis. It works all the time in pro wrestling. And he loses because he lets Walter run away. He doesn't lose because Walter overpowers him. Walter runs away and gets a couple of seconds on the outside, and he never gets back in it afterwards. The thing is, as well, after after this match, you know, where you see... Um, ill, you know, blooded and what have you. Mm. So, like, for the next couple of weeks, it's like, um, pro, like promo packages of like mm. ill, you just like doubting himself. And like the build up to like the the second match in America mm. is, is like ill, you losing his rag with people, right? Because, like, oh, I just can't, can't get this big Walter off me back, sort of thing, and he's taking it out on different wrestlers and just for, mm. you know getting that more you know killer instinct mm. in, yeah, yeah. in his in his so game. he has that one final piece he needs to to beat him yes and when it comes to like the intensity and stuff and the violence like i think this would be a lot on an indie show but i think it's even more feels even more violent because it's a wwe product and yeah. that this is not their brand of wrestling at all it's not the norm it's not the norm for what this company wants if you that was a main event on a progress show or yeah a fight club show or a wxw show you would go you would you know it would be it would probably be one of their one of their good matches mm. they're up there i think because of the fact that this is completely different from sports entertainment and i think that's the entire way that you know nxt uk kind of went about its thing from yeah what i've from what i kind of know you know it, it kind of opens eyes and it that's why it was kind of like very much a you have to go and see this i remember mm. there were retweets from people on the main roster and obviously sean michaels was retweeting about how good it was and stuff mm. like that and it and you know i think it went it was i think it was mentioned on on raw at one point as well or something yeah. but it was like very much a we are putting everything behind it this is something different but yeah people will like it and people yeah. have seen they've liked it they also did like um a 25 minute sit down with um i think it was drew mcintyre and sheamus doing like um th- their take on it on the, oh like, really um, yeah. like a commentary track and mm. even on um the bt sports you know because they were well in with uh NXT UK, they had like a 10, 15 minute, like short bit, just like doing, um, you know, like ca- camera roll and what have you to music of them beating each other. And- yeah, they tried to make it feel special after the fact. Yeah. 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 Um, so to round out, this uh, got five stars in the Observer. It sits at 9.67 on Cage Match as of recording. This finished fifth in Wrestling Observer Match of the Year. Uh, and I want to leave you with a quote uh, from the Wrestling Observer. 
Probably the most brutal match in WWE history took place on the October 29th NXT UK show with Volta retaining the UK title over longtime rival Ilya Dragunov in 2509. It's a five-star match, but one that I almost hesitate to do because of the brutality level. <laughs> this was too violent for Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Dave is just expecting someone to look at their hands and wonder what they've done. <laughs> oh, Ilya was saying that, just said it in German. Yeah. <laughs> I think he says at the end, like, you'll never beat me in German, or you'll never, even though he's slowly going to sleep. I, I kind of got an idea of that, but yeah. So, uh, I would like to thank our two wonderful guests for joining us. Uh, Eddie, what you got going on, and where can people find you? Um, you can find me on at Eddie Cyburns on Twitter, uh, Five Star Wrestling Cyburns, uh, Five Star Wrestling, coming in the year 2026. He's trying to push um, this, and it goes back an extra year every time I talk to, talk to him. Just wait. There's a 258-man tournament on its way. They'll be going <laughs> year-round. Um, and we're, we're, we're in contact with a, a, a hot free agent who currently got released. Um, uh, yeah, Eddie Edwards on Twitter. Uh, and that's about it, really, for me. Uh, you can find me occasionally doing the Arn and Eddie experience, but we're just chilling. We're having fun. All righty. All righty. And Andy, how about you? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Occupart Free, and also uh, my podcast, uh, GCP Podcast One. Not about Google Cloud products. Um, <laughs> we we got live show reviews uh, from like Tidal Wrestling in Huddersfield, and uh, we got coming up um, an episode about Five Star Wrestling's first show on Free Sports, which is all is going to be a lot of fun that one. But yeah, um, go and check it out. And, all good podcast platforms, GCP podcast. Thank you. Tremendous. Uh, as for us, you can go to linktr.ee slash matches for all the way. Subscribe. Links to the full list of nominations and all that stuff. Uh, we are at Matches on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky. We have a Discord, uh, bit.ly slash matches Discord. I need to slow down when I do this. Bit.ly slash matches Discord. I'm doing Excalibur. You can, yeah. <laughs> There are weeks when I think that man is going to die in the middle of the promo run. <laughs> Bits.ly slash Mussy Matches Discord. You can come and have a chat. You can watch me fail to live stream editing episodes, all of that kind of stuff. It's great. I am at Kieran Edits and Mark is at Monkey underscore Buckles. And next week we are covering the biggest match we will cover on Mussy Matches. 30 men, one winner, and the winner becomes the new World Wrestling Federation champion. It is the 1992 Royal Rumble. And uh, how do you guys fancy coming back and doing that? Yeah, All righty, it's a date. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>